Hello and welcome to the Fertility and Femtech podcast, brought to you by Zonas, where we aim to educate you on all taboo topics in women's health. You can learn more on our YouTube channel or at yourzonas.com. Hello everyone, I am Dr. Ravina, NHS doctor specialised in women's health. I'd like to welcome you to this dedicated channel for women's health and you can also check us out via podcast at Fertility and Femtech and we are available on all your normal podcast channels. Today we'll be talking about a really important cancer and that is cervical cancer. It's the fourth leading cause of um, cancers affecting women and today I'd like to talk to you about a whole host of different things. So we'll be talking about the cause of cervical cancer, specifically the HPV virus, screening, prevention, some symptoms that you should be aware of and when you should be talking to your doctor about these symptoms, things that put you at high risk. And then we just finish off on the different stages of cancer and some key points for you to take home. So we've got lots of things to cover and I wanna break this down in the simplest, easiest way. So if you have any questions, drop them down in the comments below. All the information that I'm giving you today is from the NICE website, the NHS website, the Cancer Research website, and I'll put all my resources down below so you can check out any of those if you want some more information. So let's dive straight in. So one of the biggest causes of cervical cancer is the human papillomavirus, also known as HPV. And there are hundreds of viruses that exist within this family of HPV. But specifically, we want to know about HPV 16 and 18 because they are the two that commonly cause cervical cancer. So HPV is a group of viruses and it specifically affects our mouth, our throat, our anus, our vagina, and it can just live on our skin. So you can catch this very easily with skin to skin contact, specifically um, in the genitals. So you do not need to have sexual intercourse to catch HPV just from skin to skin contact. So HPV can be caught not only by skin to skin contact, but also by sharing sex toys, also via oral, vaginal and anal sexual intercourse. So those are all ways that you can catch HPV. Now by getting HPV doesn't mean that you have cervical cancer. However, we know HPV increases that risk, which is why we want to catch that virus early. We want to make sure that we can catch it and eradicate it before it increases any risk of developing cancer. Now, if you have HPV now, the chances of getting cancer and that cancer developing can actually take up to 20 years to even develop um, in your body and for you to have symptoms, which is why the Cervical Cancer Screening Programme is one of the most important programmes we have to offer. So when you get called for your cervical screening, please do take it. So let's move on to what the cervical screening test really is. So the cervical smear test is a test where women will be called every three years from the age of 25 up to 64. And I have a video on what to expect when you go for your cervical smear, which I'll just link over here. And with the cervical smear, you will get some cells that are collected from your cervix via a smear test, which are then sent to the lab. The lab will then process the results and it will either come back as normal, positive or inadequate. And they're the three most common results that I see. So if it's a negative result, if there's no HPV present, then your risk is quite low and you'll be on the routine pathway for screening every three years. Now, if you have a positive test, we then like to know whether you have abnormal cells. The HPV virus can be present, but you can have normal cells, 
we can, or it can be present and you have abnormal cells. And depending on what the cells are, will determine whether we need to send you for colposcopy. Now, colposcopy is in a specialised uh, women's health clinic, usually at a gynaecologist, and they use a microscope to look down into the cervix to identify any abnormal cells. If they find any abnormal cells, they may then take a biopsy, which is a sample of cells they look at underneath the microscope to determine if any of those cells are precancerous or, become, or likely to become cancer in the near future. If that's the case, then they'll think about removing those cells and think about a treatment pathway for you. I talk about this more in our other video on cervical smears. So do check that out if you want to know a little bit more about your results. So let's now move on to prevention. How can we prevent cervical cancer in yourself, in your partner, or even uh, some of the people around you? Well, first of all, prevention is better than cure. So let's prevent you from even getting HPV to begin with. So using condoms is one of the best ways to avoid getting HPV because as we mentioned, it's via skin to skin contact in the genitals and also via oral, vaginal or anal sex. So condoms can help to prevent this, although aren't 100% effective, they can definitely reduce the risk of catching it. The second way is by getting your cervical cancer jab. Now, this is two injections. These are two vaccinations that you take three months apart. And they and the vaccination currently given in the UK is Gardasil, and that protects against 6, 11, 16, and 18 uh, HPV. So that's the subset of virus that it protects you against. In the UK, we offer this to all girls of childhood age, generally between age 11 and 18. And more commonly, we're also offering this to boys so that we can help to prevent the transmission of HPV. It's important to know why we need to get vaccinated. 70% of unvaccinated people will, will go on to catching HPV. And, and even more importantly, 90%, that's 90% of cervical cancers are prevented by having the vaccine. Now that's a huge amount because we can actually prevent almost all cases of cervical cancer by uh, using condoms, getting the vaccination and being aware of the symptoms. So let's move on to the symptoms that you should be aware of if you have cervical cancer. So the most important symptoms to be aware of is bleeding from the vagina. And this can take many forms. So specifically, we want to know if there's any bleeding in between your periods. So from one period of one month to the next period of the next month, is there any bleeding in between that cycle? That's called intermenstrual bleeding. We then want to know about postcoital bleeding. So this is bleeding after sex. The reason why this happens is because the cervix becomes very sensitive, it becomes very friable, and that means that if you were to touch it, it bleeds really easily. And that's why you can get some bleeding after sexual intercourse. So that's another thing to be aware of. Next is having painful sex. So are you getting new discomfort that you never used to get? Are you getting a lot of pain after sexual intercourse or during intercourse? Next is pelvic pain. Have, have you got some new abdominal pain down below that's quite heavy, that's quite uncomfortable? That's something that we need to be aware of. So if you do notice that you have any of these symptoms, then I'd like you to go and get some help. Talk to your doctor about this and they're most likely to bring you in for an examination where they look at your cervix by using a speculum. And I'll put a photo of a speculum here. And this is an examination that I do pretty much on a daily basis with a lot of my female patients. 
A speculum is used to go inside the vaginal canal to visualize the cervix. We can then decide if the cervix is healthy, whether it's likely to bleed, so also known as being friable. And we can also have a look to see if you've got any discharge down below. And this can also uh, be a red flag. So if you have any malodorous discharge, this is something we'd look for in examination. So you've now got to the point of potentially going to see your doctor because you're a bit worried about some symptoms that you have. So what are we going to do next? Well, next we're going to refer you onto the gynecologist if we're worried. Here they will do some um, investigations, specifically colposcopy, which is where we look at the cervix. But if we're, if we're more worried about cervical cancer, then we may think about doing some imaging, specifically a CT or an MRI scan. And this helps us to identify how far the cancer has spread, whether it's still within the pelvic cavity or whether it's metastasized and traveled around the body. We then stage it. We stage cervical cancer into various different staging categories, also known as the FIGO staging. So if it's a low-grade cancer, so perhaps stage 1A, we then think about conservative management where we may not need to do much except annual screening or biannual screening. If it's 2A, we may think about a hysterectomy, which is where we remove your uterus, your cervix and um, other female organs within the pelvic cavity to protect you from any spread of that cancer. We may also think about some chemotherapy just to get rid of any residual cells. Anything more than 2A, we would think about chemoradiotherapy. And this is because surgery is unlikely to work. If you're staged 4B, we then think about chemotherapy, but also supportive therapy in the form of palliative care. You'd get a whole team to look after you if you did have advanced cervical cancer. So it is important for you to know that you will be cared for in the best way possible. So we've spoken about a lot in this video. The three key points I'd like to leave with you with are one, the key symptoms to look out for are intermenstrual bleeding, postcoital bleeding, any abnormal vaginal discharge or any abnormal vaginal bleeding and pelvic pain. So if you have any of these, please do talk to your doctor. The second thing is please do get your vaccine for HPV. This is something that's offered during your childhood at, at school years. And so please do encourage your children, your loved ones to get this done when they are asked to come. With vaccinations, we can prevent about 90% of cervical cancers if you get vaccinated. And the third is please go for your cervical smear. You'll get called at age 25 up until 64, and you'll get called every three years, depending on what the results show. If we can catch the HPV early, we can then prevent it from developing into cervical cancer. I'd like to note that there are many women that have now identified themselves as men, and it can be very overwhelming to enter mainstream healthcare services as a different gender. So there are specific services where you can get the cervical screening done in in an environment that's specific for the LGBTQ community, which I'm going to link down below. Also talking about people that may be marginalized in society, women who have gone through domestic abuse, who are victims of sexual abuse, it can be quite a scary process to get your smear done. And there is a charity that specifically cater for domestic violence victims, and they give you a lot of time and support whilst you're going for your cervical screen. I'm gonna link that in the comments down below. So that concludes today's video. If there's anything that you want to ask me, of course, drop it in the comments as normal, and we will see you next time. If you've enjoyed this video, please click like, subscribe and share to anyone that you think would benefit from this video. 
Okay, all the best, take care, bye.